they were an international sensation. Well, he became so, a millionaire taking shits. You know you gotta listen to him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you also have has some secret. International sensation. Well, he became so, a millionaire taking shits. Blaine has some secret. International sensation. Welcome to Across the Aisle. There are a lot of podcasts meant to give you a story, to give you expert advice, or to deliver your political ideology in an easily digestible digital pill. Our aim is slightly different. A podcast born out of the pleasure of conversation. We are three friends living on a slowly sinking peninsula, drinking kava, and inviting you to join in on our musings. We try to go with the conversation more than construct the conversation. Our conversations cover current events, technology, politics, art, entertainment, and much more as points used to expand on our larger theme each week. Sometimes we reach the heights of Socratic dialogue, or we are just talking shit, and of course we repeat ourselves, usually the latter. My name is Adam. My name is Zach. And I'm Casey. This is Across the Aisle. Sometimes we crowd it, sometimes we cross it. This is Across the Aisle. I'm Adam. I'm Zach. And I'm Kason. And today we have a special guest with us. Hello, I'm Ben. And we're going to talk today about, in general, the liberal arts education, um, and more broadly about college and the future of college, the future of education, and how we see knowledge. So to give this a, an introduction, I wanted to talk about college because it was interesting. I dropped out, I've said this many times, I've dropped out of community college in my, I think the very beginning of my third semester, I got very bored with it. Kaysen has his degree um, and works at a college and Zach is in about to start school yep. for the first, or start college for the first time. And just thinking about it, how much I like learning and like reading and how different college was that I thought it was going to be. Of course, mine's a unique experience. And Yeah, you saw baby goats be born. Well, that was in <laughs> high school. That was in high school I saw baby goats being born. And then in college, I was like, this is fucking boring. But I lived in rural Tennessee. So... You want to the do... Big Apple. <laughs> <laughs> True. A community college in New York City is probably a lot nicer than a community college in Dyersburg, Tennessee. That's just a guess to me. Yeah, but that's far less character. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> character in the Tom Waits definition of character. <laughs> the more cigarettes you gritty. smoke, the more character you I have. Smoked, that's what I learned how to do in community college, just <laughs> smoke a lot of cigarettes. Um, but, so, I, yeah, and specifically when I started thinking about it, first I wanted to question about college and stuff. Oh, and I... I guess this brings that to that point. We brought Ben in because he is in college right now, so we have the full gambit of uh, of perspectives. And Ben, you are in for political science. Yep, political science undergrad. Um, I'm almost to my junior year. Just a month left. Awesome, you're doing good. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, that political science is something that I originally thought about going to school for. Um, and it's kind of like the 
quintessential, in my opinion, I know, Zach, we just, you said you disagreed about this earlier. It's kind of the quintessential liberal arts degree or what I think of when I think of liberal arts. And that phrase you see thrown around a lot, especially nowadays with people saying like, well, why'd you get a degree in that if you wanted a job? Um, you know, liberal arts are kind of dumped upon, um, like, are they disappearing? What's the purpose of that? So those are the broad, um, thoughts in my head that I wanted to get about, but yeah, I don't know. What are y'all's opinions about the liberal arts education? Is it still relevant today? In general, um, I think one of the things that has really changed my mind about liberal arts education in general is that when I started, you know, at my job, one of the first things that I went to was a was a job fair for, um, I think it was uh, um, utilities, like, you know, um, water resources and things like that. And, you know, being fresh and I wanted to, you know, do a good job, I, I went up to some of the tables and I was like, guys, I was like, hey, you know, if there is a student that is interested in working, for example, for the city of, you know, Largo Water Resources, what degree should I say would be the best suited to help them, you know, get that, you know, get that job? And multiple managers, multiple directors were like, we don't care what degree they get. They can get a degree in in basket weaving. But the reason that we encourage, you know, we want someone to get a degree is because number one, it shows they can stick something out for a set period of time. They can start something and they can complete it. Number two, it shows that they're trainable so that we understand that if they can go through school and get the information and, you know, like, and utilize it, then we know that we don't have to keep re- teaching them the same concepts about how to do things at, at the job. And, num- and number three, you know, we, we know that, um, you know, they just have that aptitude. So, and, I, and it was shocking to me because I, like, I assumed engineering, I assumed, you know, a couple of different things, but I didn't assume they would just say just a degree, you know, just a, a bachelor's degree. So that was very eye-opening to me. And it kind of gave me some insight into why it is that different, um, like, organizations require a degree. So for them is a certain level of guarantee within it, and it's it's almost an issue of correlation because something there's correlation with everything. Everything correlates to something. So if you can look at a bunch of like people over a long period of time, we hired this many high school grads, we've hired this many college grads, and the high school grads are from here to here, and the college grads are from here to here. You can make some general assumptions about the college grads versus high school grads. I mean, there's also a little variation within there, but it comes across during pretty much all areas of, of study that for a lot of employers they put that in there because they've had better luck with retaining and training the people with the degrees right um i guess for me it's difficult to like take away the politically loaded side of like oh you have a liberal arts degree because yeah where me, are the conservative arts degrees yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, To me, when I think of a liberal arts degree, I think of somebody getting a degree in fine arts because it's what people usually go to when they think of, unless they want to be ridiculous and say, like, underwater basket weaving. Or Or lesbian dance theory, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever it might be. Uh, That's my favorite degree. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever, like, BS degree somebody wants to make up to make a point about how could you possibly get a job in that. It's like, well, I mean, if... If you really have spent, like, years of your life dedicated to the fine arts, you could probably get a job. You just might have to move. And I think that's the biggest thing that people ignore is that 
get a degree in what you're passionate about, and if you're willing to move from where you are, it won't matter what degree you have. Rural Texas can only have so many statisticians in a town because there's only so many jobs that require that skill set to go around. Just like if you're in some big city, you might luck out and somebody in the big city might have a better chance of getting a job if they have, you know, a psychology degree and a little bit of marketing experience than an engineer who has a PhD because they might not just they just might not might find a job that's worth their time and going to pay their salary and bother to stay in that city. I mean, that's why people are drawn to the cities because like no matter what level of education you have, there's more opportunities there. You exactly. know, you can go there and, you know, like I have cousins and family members that for some reason a lot of Jamaicans go to New York, but that they can always find opportunity there. It's close to Toronto. <laughs> One of the biggest <laughs> issues that you have is just like the cost of living and stuff like that, having more people in an area, co- co- you know, like, um, uh, property pr- uh, prices go up and things like that. But like I have, um, you know, relatives that have lived in New York without like a steady job for 20, 30 years, and they're not, I'm making a lot more money than they are, but they can still find housing, they can still find food, you know, they can still find all the things they need to live there for like 20 or 30 years, Mm -hmm. so I mean, if you're willing to, you know, if you have a certain level of skills, and it doesn't necessarily have to be in anything particular, and you have, you know, a drive to go out there and and find opportunity, you'll, you'll make it in a city. So, Ben, were you going to school? Um, I mean, are you getting your degree just to get a degree because you like talking about political science, or do you want to work in that field? It is a little of both. I think because um, my father was a college professor, I have a pretty lofty outlook on college education. Um, And everyone ties it to like, oh, what are you going to do? What's your career going to be? But I think it's important um, to get that kind of education just for being uh, a citizen of the world. It's important to have these... um, that have the ability to process the information critically and to develop these skills and have access to the kind of knowledge that college gives you. I feel like a lot of that, it goes by the wayside, but it's really the core importance of what a liberal arts education is. It's about being a better person and giving you the tools to do that. So to expand on that real fast, could you give us a rundown of what liberal arts is? Vaguely, yeah, of course. Um, I the way I see it is it's it's a collection of values. You know, it's different than what you're going to be doing, um, like physically. It, it's not always going to have an outcome. I see liberal arts as um, an examination of knowledge. Uh, a lot of like what humanity is, a lot of what our culture is, stems from values we we have or we create in that kind of field. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it seems it's kind of interchangeable with humanities, but humanities also seems like a smaller subset of the larger liberal arts. Yeah, I'd see it as, um, as part of it. Yeah. Well, def- def- well looking at the definition of liberal arts is academic subjects such as literature, philosophy, mathematics, and social and physical sciences um, distinct from professional technical subjects. So um, I've always looked at liberal arts as like your general education so it is focused class. not on the yeah on it's the, not, not on the technical. On the technical interesting so the other been the I think it was like a week ago or maybe two weeks ago at grassroots the Kava Bar you were reading a paper by Descartes I believe um, is that was that correct um, about citizenship 
Um, it was actually. Um, now you put me on the spot. Remember the class readings? It was yes. Rousseau. Was yeah, Rousseau. sorry. Um, and I thought that was a really yeah. You kind of touched on it just then. His what you explained to me because I hadn't read that um, or I don't remember reading it uh, about the citizenship and about how if we want a good society. We should have smart people, people informed of all things. Um, and that kind of seems to be the liberal art philosophy, is that knowledge and inquiry is good for its own sake. Um, and I think that's sort of how it came about. Um, like, because it is separated from the, the technical world, the people who were getting liberal arts degrees back when it um, first became like a classical education were nobles. They were the sons of the nobles. They are people that were in one way or another, going to be part of the political process in their in their region, in their town. The bourgeois, we would say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think it was sort of created to give them a, a set of skills and values that people would value, that leaders would value. I think that... Um, I, I want to go back to something that Adam said earlier um, in, in the beginning about how college was very boring for you. And you it was. A very good experience. I felt, and I it felt worse than high school. <laughs> the thing that was interesting to me is college was almost the exact opposite for me in the beginning. Um, I, I went to uh, University of Central Florida for the um, first two years. And <clears throat> when I went to the first semester, I had like, you know, basic composition, stuff like that. The My comp one class, I walked in there and the professor was like, this was just like what I expected college to be like in the movies. Like, you talked about your ideas and, you know, it was really like kind of like, the professor was really cool and laid back and we... You had a ponytail? Went, didn't have a ponytail. <laughs> yeah. but, but they definitely but, smoked weed. But he was, it was very interesting because like he kind of made you, made me at least, feel like he cared about my ideas beyond what was in the book. It was like, okay, this is what, you know, this subject is, we're going to discuss it, but what do you think about this? And we had all these really interesting conversations, like there was um, something that was brought up and um, about, um, I think there was a law that was being proposed or something like that, and it was um, something happening with um, with um, Middle Easterners, and it was like, well, would you allow this person to be able to do this? And, you know, there's a vigorous debate in this class, and it's like, you shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be discriminating against someone just because of their religion or where they where they come from. It's it's very <laughs> passionate. And once again, I was the only black person in the class. I was very passionate about this, and other people were just like, "Well, no, it's about safety and all this." Basically, the same arguments we're having now. And um, at the very end of the class, we had this really vigorous debate, and um, you know, it was basically me on one side and the rest of the class <laughs> on the other. And at the end of the class. The professor was like, you know, I'd just like to let you guys know that, you know, my mother is from Iraq or something like this. She's like from Middle Eastern, the Middle Eastern country. And, um, you know, and, you know, this is some of the experience I had growing up and you don't ever want to judge someone based on that. It was just very like, what kind of moment, you know, in the class. That sounds powerful It as was hell. really, really powerful. And um, this one of those classes that I feel like changed the course of my viewing of education. Yeah. You know, and... It basically was what I imagined college should be like for everyone, but it's not. And that I think that if, if it was more like that, it would be better. Yeah. So to speak on that, I um, I grew up thinking I would be the type of person that would just go get degree after degree after degree. Like I was like, oh yeah, 
after I get my history, <laughs> yeah, I was like, after I get my history degree, I'll probably go study uh, archaeology or like, I don't know. That was a weird one to pick uh, because I was never, I was never that interested in archaeology. I'm more interested in it now than back then. Watch a lot of Indiana Jones. <laughs> a little bit. Um, I watched a lot of History Channel and like Secrets of the Nazis. Um, <laughs> they had lots of secrets. Yeah, and they were all on the History Channel. <laughs> um, Someone. But someone from the History Channel needs to <laughs> explain some stuff. Um, so I felt bad when I didn't like college, and I really do think that was I kind of sabotaged myself. I wanted to save money, um, so I just went to a cheap school like really close to me. I didn't even go to the University of Memphis, which was like an hour away, which is probably what I should have done, or tried to go out of state. It just didn't seem feasible to me at the time and I bet I would have had a much better experience but I didn't and for a while I was kind of bitter about college and I was like nah fuck school that's you don't need you don't need to go to college man the economy's failing you don't need to go to college you're not gonna get you anything um but I don't feel like that anymore I wish I guess ultimately I wish a liberal arts education was easier to go about and get and I could just go into school and take a few classes or take a course for free um but maybe that's jumping the shark a little bit Zach would you like to talk about what you alluded to um saying that the people getting the the classical education which we now call liberal arts were uh the bourgeois do you think Education, the liberal arts education, college in general, operates more as a propaganda for the ruling class and the uh, status quo is, if it were, like the liberal professors you hear about um, that have introduced cultural Marxism to the young youngins, or does it open up your mind and expand it and allow you to change yourself and think of things you've never thought of because you, you know, were a kid. The answer is obviously yes. <laughs> to both? <laughs> yes. It, yes, it is a facility that does lead to what someone called the liberalization of the younger people. Of the masses. But at the same time, lots of people are still conservative and still go to college. And all those conservative, like, you know, politicians that have Ivy League degrees that are just like, eh, making everyone liberal. Like, what happened to all of you guys then? <laughs> yeah. But it does fuel an interesting thing simply because a lot of the arguments I hear when Bernie Sanders was coming up and he was talking about, like, we should have AA degrees and community college degrees to, to simplify it into smaller terms. For free, and if you want to go get your bachelor's, you can go get your bachelor's, or if you want to even go farther than that, get your master's. But we should pay and like include that in instead of doing K through 12 like we've been doing for 50, 60 years now. We should instead start to do, you know, K through, I guess, technically like 14, or you know, K through college, K through C. And you know, a big argument against that is. Oh, well, then eventually you would just push everything away. It's like, no, you won't then have to make the bachelor's degree free. You won't then have to make master's degrees free. You won't then have to make all of higher education free. It's a slippery slope to go to for these guys. It's really easy. Like, it's a go to. Like, you know, if we, you know, start putting seatbelt in, in cars, eventually, you know, we'll 
just have the car trap you. Like I don't, I don't. Well, I mean, we got airbags now. <laughs> I don't, I Come just, on, I don't understand. You know who? Why we have seatbelts? Because of Ralph Nader. Unsafe at any speed. He wrote that, and he's a pretty liberal dude. <clears throat> That's weird. <laughs> you, know, you know what I think? It really like bothers me when it comes to stuff like that. Is that like at the end of the day, when you look at the cost for the state to take care of certain things. That's generally why we have things like seatbelts and a lot of the safety features in cars because it ends up costing regular citizens money to take care of things when people die in terrible ways. You know, yeah. so like, you know, something happens and a car goes out of control and some like this one person that was a jackass ends up damaging a bunch of people that were just going about their business. It ends up costing us. Yeah. So that's why they make those things, you know, laws. Yeah. It's not because but, it's just for fun. I will say that the the world in general, like the the world as in like the the working world, the the economy that we actively are all participating in, even if we don't want to be, kind of leans on higher education, and it's been going that way for a while. Like before, you could just drop out of you know high school and get a government subsidy on a house and work a nine to five job that you could easily find and you know, be decently well. Or you could, you know, if you had a slightly richer family, you could go to college because, yeah, this issue of poor kids not being able to go to college isn't something that's happened just over the past 20 years. It's been going on for hundreds. Well, so, um, yeah, this is interesting. I was raised by my two aunts or sisters. One of them, I'm pretty sure, never went to college. And the other... Um, dropped out of college uh, after I think two years or something so she might have had an associates I don't think so though um, and they both got jobs they did different things they moved up in their companies and whatnot and they make good money um, both of, well one of them's retired now but the other one makes good money but I remember even 10 15 years ago her talking um, and being like I kind of want to get another job but I can't. I don't have a degree. And even though I have this many years experience being the director of human resources at this large, large company, most people aren't going to just transfer those skill sets. They look for a degree and the markets change so that when I got a job, I didn't need a degree to get the entry level thing and I could work my way up. And now I'm the director of this company. Um, but then you know, 20, 30 years later, to even the entry-level positions require degrees. So how could she go get a director position or something similar without that degree, even though she could do the job um, just fine? So that's, that's pretty interesting because I do value education and I want us to be able to have it, but some, yeah, some things you don't need a degree for. And it does kind of suck because some people, I guess in the system where you have to have money and go get a degree and stuff when when you can't or something happened and your life's hard and you, you dropped out or you had to leave or something, and then your opportunities are just closed. Yeah, I mean, I think the bigger part of that is just our economy has, like the world's economy has just intrinsically just been slowly molded into something completely different than what it was just 50 years ago. I mean, there used to be lots of jobs in manual labor, and now because of automation, that's that's gone down a decent amount, you know. You have this whole thing of, like, the creeping robotics. Yeah, we're, we're getting to this point where the economy is growing out of a manufacturing economy. Most, if not all jobs in the next, you know, 50 years to a century are going to be able to be automated. 
so we're having sort of as a society to come to this this conversation about what what direction are we going to go when no one can feed themselves with jobs yeah. like we used to when you can't provide for your family without like uh, all these stepping stones of education of knowing the right people and we have to find some way to make it work when we're no longer going to have all these you know entry level positions that pay well well i think we've already kind of run dry of entry-level positions that pay well. Certainly. <laughs> like, I mean, you have lots of positions that pay minimum or a bit above minimum, and, you know, they're livable if you have two of those jobs and you're working, you know, 60 hours a week, doing 30, splitting your time at both, but while you're doing that, you can't then also tack on another, what, like, let's say the average, if you're going to go real slow about it, the average week for a college student's like 15 hours of work. Let's say you're doing, like, two or three classes. Yeah. I would just, just yeah, as low yeah, as possible, yeah. as low yeah. as you possibly can. So you're technically working 75 hours in a week. 15 of those hours is just school. The other 60 is in, you know, being able to pay for all of that. And that's assuming that you can still get grants to pay it because, well, you're getting paid a decent amount. So you can't really get all of these grants that these other people can get because they aren't working this and now you have to think do I just drop this other job and then struggle a bit so I can pay for my college or do I keep on doing this so I can be paid okay but then deplete my health down to zero I mean that's what I ended up up doing when I was in UCF I I got I was going to school and then I got a job and then I just couldn't do both and up coming back home and it was just a lot of work and a lot of um you know, there's a lot of other things that I really should not have done, you know, and I kind of screwed up. But at the end of the day, it's really hard to be able to hold on to a job and go to school, especially when you're not used to having to do both of those things. Mm-hmm. And it's all it, people I don't think and it depends on what kind of student you are, to be honest, because I'm the kind of person that like I have to spend a lot of time understanding material. And, you know, like Sarah like, and I know that Zach absorbs information very easily. I feel like some of those people just, they, they read it and they can absorb it and they can like kind of, you know, make it work. I'm one of those guys has to like hit the books, you know, and go over it and over and over it and then it finally clicks. You know, it's, I, I, I'm working on, I think I've been in school just constantly ever since I got my bachelor's degree <laughs> and it's always a struggle. Every time I go back to, you know, class and I'm, I'm starting a new semester, I'm just like, why am I doing this? But then you, you get into it and it's like, oh, this is really interesting. And going back to like one of the values of, I, th- I think, of a liberal arts degree is I learned everything that, I learned about more about other religions just doing my liberal arts classes. I learned more about, you know, um, the way that the world generally works. And, you know, it's different. So when I was going to school, I was also kind of working on my citizenship. So American government how the whole process of our government works, that was all part of my liberal arts education. And I think that kind of tacking it onto this is good for you to get a job doesn't, you know, give you the full value of it, in my opinion. Exactly. Because you have a lot of people that don't even understand, you know, how, you know, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, all those kind of fit together in the hierarchy of, you know, um, of, you know, Judeo-Christian religions. Because you walked out into a desert, heard God, mm-hmm. walked back. That's it. They're, so they're you need, all you're done. Field, they're done. all done. this part of those, like you know, and then you like look into 
this is how you know Hinduism works and this is how this works and this is how that works and it kind of changes your perspective on looking at other people that aren't like you you know before that I understood Christianity and I kind of had a little understanding of Judaism but I didn't understand any other religions and I really honestly I didn't really care to and then when I was in that class world religions I was like whoa this is really kind of interesting and it makes me think about those other people a lot differently than I did before for sure um yeah, so that's interesting. Uh, I watched a video of Mark Cuban saying that, in his opinion, echoing what both y'all are saying, that although right now we're in this moment where liberal arts degrees are superfluous or useless or whatever, um, that and everyone is telling you to go into IT and technology and engineering, that because of automation, in 10, 15 years, those jobs will be the superfluous ones. If automate, when automation hits and it really takes control, what you'll need is people with a broad sense of understanding, the ability to connect different dots and to think outside of the box and do all the things that are human, that are, you know, that what we call liberal arts and like Western values and this stuff and like how those fit together because the machines probably aren't going to be able to do that. Um, (laughs) Another interesting thing is I didn't look super hard, but what the fuck does Mark Cuban do besides be a businessman? <laughs> I don't know. And He's give a very his opinion. Rich business well, man. he actually made some money. I think the first, his first big um, thing was uh, um, he wrote like a program. He uh, wrote or was involved. In, I don't know if he programmed, but he was involved in a company that wrote a program that like streamed audio. There's no audio on the internet, and he was one of the first companies this might be totally screwed up but I think this is what he was one of the first companies that started like getting audio onto the internet and that and then he started streaming like sports events and stuff like that and then eventually he started streaming um not necessarily streaming so we think of now but he started like putting audio broadcast of like news and sports events and stuff on well the that's internet. pretty commendable before. okay yeah. he deserves he, some got, like, notoriety that company then. got bought and he used the money to start another company and that's basically I think how he started it was called Micro Solutions Micro Solutions the company okay. yeah yeah but, very strange but he was part of the big I think he started making money off the big dot com and now everyone listens to him well yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, if you, here's the thing with America. If you make enough money, it doesn't matter doing what people will take your word for whatever. You know, it's like, I'm rich. Well, he became so. a millionaire taking shits. You know, you got to listen to him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you also have has some secrets. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. But, well, I think a liberal arts degree is something that could be useful depending on, you know, if it's your passion. I mean, if, if you love math and engineering, Go, go get a fucking engineering degree. Like, you don't, you oh, don't yeah, have to course. get just a liberal arts degree. But take some history classes, too. Yeah, I mean, like, it's and, not going to hurt. Definitely some philosophy so you don't engineer no, don't, our don't, death. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't don't, don't, <laughs> don't teach the people that are making AI fucking philosophy. They'll learn Nietzsche and we'll all die. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want to deal. I don't want to deal in a world where AI is based off of Nietzsche's philosophy because we all know that engineers... <clears throat> thrive on that shit (laughs) but for me I think that it's people like to view college as like an optional thing but it's slowly becoming a soft requirement for a decent life and I think part of that comes down to like how many moms and dads 
couldn't afford to go to college and, you know, did a lot of backbreaking work, working in a lot of restaurants, long hours, being, you know, waiters and busboys and, you know, going through being a bartender and, you know, working at all these shitty places, maybe even working retail for 20 years and having to become assistant manager, even though they really don't want to fucking be in that goddamn store anymore, just to make sure that their kids have the ability to go to college if they yeah. want to. And I think that that was a big push for me anyway. My mom, like, every every couple of months, she just looks at me and goes, so why are you looking at SPC? <laughs> just, uh, you know, you, you know, you, you can do that. And you're yeah, like, I just want to play Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally, that's all I want to do. And I actually found a way, like with sociology. I'm a degree. Think, I'm thinking about doing it. I'm thinking about using my sociology degree to study uh, children's behavior using Pokemon. I might, I might have I to mean, do it. Honestly, it's really, really interesting that once you. Um, Become like I'm not sure about sociology, but for psychology, a lot of psychologists have like a thing that they are like really that that's their thing. Like one of my professors at uh, USF, he is the guy when it comes to curiosity. And I was doing a, a, a one of my final research papers, and I had to pick like a novel, like like kind of area, and I wanted to do um. I wanted to do something in curiosity, and every time I looked up a like a paper for like Lipman, 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 God, God damn it! I, I can't, so I was like, I can't do a paper in this guy's area and like <laughs> pick fuck it, it up. Like you'll just be like, this is bullshit. <laughs> so so I, I picked another thing, but like a lot of professors or like not professors, like psychologists will have their area that they just study the shit out of, and you yeah. can totally do. Chosen's behavior as it relates to video games and specifically Pokemon. You could totally do that. Yeah, no. I already have the unheard of. I already <laughs> have the the secret to all. But you it, already have your um your your uh, um what not your thesis, um what's it called your final paper for your your PhD. Uh, that is your thesis. Yeah, thesis. thesis. Ha. Okay, you already have your thesis. Go for it. <laughs> I'm doing something else for my thesis that's gonna be like really dark and possibly fuck up the world. Hopefully, anyway, I hope that it fucks up the world really that's much. Anyone's dream for their thesis. Well, I mean, my thesis involves destroying the cohesive. idea of not listening to sexual assault victims. We can talk about that on a completely different podcast. <laughs> but my dream is that once I publish this paper and it and it goes out, that. I will slowly corrode the idea of victim blaming and other kind of bullshit that I deal with all the fucking time. But we gotta turn this shit away. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Not doing it. Not doing it today. Not doing it. So I, the more I actually think about this, and the more I thought about, like once you know, we discussed actually doing this as a as a podcast and as a subject, and the more I thought about it, the more I think that. I don't know if it's going to sound like kind of like, you know, weird or whatever, but I feel like college changed the way that I think. Um, it it should have. I thought drugs changed the way I thought. <laughs> but part of college. I, here's what I mean. I think that New college, before, what? there's a lot of things that I was like, you have to take this class, you have to take this class. And really, it was just like, I'm just getting through this to get my degree. I don't give a crap about this humanities class. I don't give a crap about this world religions class. I don't give a crap about any of this stuff, but I have to get through it to get to the, the stuff I really want to learn. It's like the psychology stuff. I really want to get into that. So I have to go through all this bullshit to get to the fun stuff. And the bullshit ended up being super interesting, and it still affects the way that I see the world today. To be so, fair, though, it's so needed. It is so needed for you to delve full force into the bullshit of your prereqs. Because if you can't make it through your prereqs, no matter 
how much you love a subject, the comprehension skills that you get from those prereqs, because I hear all the time from my friends who are in college, like, oh, you're going to hate your prereqs. You're going to want to get them all out of the way. I'm like, I mean, yeah, inherently, because I want to go into my field as soon as possible. But how am I going to understand and comprehend these papers I'm going to have to read in five years and critique them without understanding the method in which they were written. That's where you get your comp from. That's where you get nearly all of it. Every time you take a humanities class, how how am I as a sociologist supposed to sit down and get an unbiased study of children's behavior playing video games and the cooperation that goes amongst that if I don't include the fact that the reason that certain cooperative games work so well in Japan and not in America is because their society is inherently different. different. Yeah. Just completely Very different. different. You can't walk down the streets of Tokyo without bumping into people just playing on their 3DSs <laughs> or their PS Vitas, which, crazy to think about, to tangent for a second, even if you're someone who's just a tech writer, just all you do is just write about tech, I've seen a bunch of articles about mini-discs, which was a Sony product in the late 90s, early 2000s, and then was phased out with CDs and stuff. Seen those, yeah. Every article I've read that's from an American talks about how much they failed and bombed. They were an international sensation that beat out CDs in the UK, in Germany, in fucking Japan. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it was like a commodity in China when they were first starting to open up their markets because they couldn't have tapes at the time or like something involving that. So like you, you need to have that understanding that other cultures are different if you're going to do anything, even if it's just simple journalistic work. I'm not saying that tech writers are simple, but just even if you're doing something you think would, I would never have to understand other culture. How can you say that it, something tech is a failure internationally when it objectively wasn't? Yeah. I think that in that case, a lot of people just see as America as the center of the world. But, uh, um, yeah, but I think trying to the more I think about the whole idea of you know the liberal arts education, and I think that for for me and a lot of other people, they see the value in it from you know the you know expanding your understanding of certain things. And but then there's, there's a lot a lot of people that are just really mechanically inclined. They're good at working with their hands. They're really good at like cooking, and they're really good at like um, you know like building cars or bikes or whatever it is and they're just like okay I have a really hard time with this stuff but there is no equivalent in my opinion for liberal arts for people that are technically inclined there's no equivalent like okay mechanical I think there totally is what, 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 what do you think that would be so an argument I constantly hear when people talk about like wanting to go to college because you know their their parents are pushing them to go to college and like I don't really know if I want to go to college is people bringing up how trade schools are very underrepresented when it comes to quote-unquote higher education. Mm -hmm. Like, I think the term is kind of biased to talk about, like, oh, college is your higher education, and, you know, trade schools is just, you know, you you get a a nice career. It's a little, it's a training. But I know people who are plumbers that make more in a year working the same hours as somebody who's working at big corporations. But that's the point I'm trying to... Well, I think what you were... What you were saying is that 
that's more geared, geared specifically towards an end goal of um, a profession. You go into plumbing. You don't go into a general you know, mechanic. I, I, you don't go through like a general like you know like measuring and like because we used to have shop classes, which yeah. would be an initial like kind of a home ec and shop. I think were like the the setup of, introduction, like, yeah. introduction of what I would consider like a liberal arts equivalent to but to trade. Here's and they had like. Other things. That- Here's the thing. Yeah, uh, our high school. Ben and I went to the same high school. Uh, it had home ec and it had shop class, but we also had sociology, and I'm pretty sure we also had AP uh, humanities. Right? AP human geo. Geo. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't human sure if it was geo. Human geo or what is geo? humanities. Geography. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Like where? Human geography. Like. In a, in a broad sense, Fuck like, kind go. of race, but not entirely. And it was also, like, it's, cultural differences and, like... Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. How, it's how people live throughout the world and yeah. what causes people to migrate and just very a very broad look at how societies yeah. function. But right, the thing right. is, when you're looking at high school electives, there are a lot of options for kids who, like me, I'm curious about sociology. People... I've heard a couple of, you know, my therapists from the time say, I think you'd be good in this field. And then when I saw it on my syllabus that I could possibly take this class, I'm like, I'll take a semester of it. Like, whatever. Uh, I had that curiosity. Not many people who are mechanically inclined have the same thing. Art students have that. History students have that. But I don't think many people who are into mechanics or shop But are, I don't think there's any that. options for those kids. It's my thing. It's like, That's what that I'm if, saying. If I wish there like was. a set of classes, like, and, that's, and I think, like, working at you know, a community college, working at a state college. Um, I really wish there was a, you have this many classes that make up a general AA or general liberal arts degree, and you can go towards, you know, the more academically inclined programs. You have this equivalent set of classes that are geared towards if you want to do something mechanical. Like, you you have something that deals with math, you have something to do with measuring, spatial, any of those Mm -hmm. things, and have a set of classes that you can, you go into, you know, SPC or, or, you know, HCC or wherever, and say, okay, I want to do the, you know, engineering or the... I don't know what I, what you call it, but that same level, and you take, you know, instead of composition, you take, like, you know, I don't know, like, technical writing or something like that, and mm-hmm. gear that towards those students so that they have the same opportunity, and then they can end up going into plumber school or carpentry school, but they have the basic understanding of measurements, uh, you know, spatial awareness, you know, whatever they need. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a huge gap in that. There's no equivalent to a regular liberal arts surgery for people that are mechanically inclined. And I think that we're, we're losing a lot of students in that sense. I think a large part of that is goes back to how liberal arts came about. Like I said, it was the bourgeois, if you will, um, the noblemen going and studying at these colleges. But at the same time, if you had a trade, <clears throat> you would be an apprentice. You know, you'd go and you'd work under someone for a certain amount of years, and that was your trade education. That has just been phased out, and we don't have the equivalent of that. And I agree, it's really necessary, and there's a lot of people that would benefit from something like that, but we just don't have a system like we used to for for trades. Yeah, and I think we need to develop something like that because we are coming up on huge shortages in plumbing, in carpentry, in electrical, in like a lot of those things where like we haven't figured out a way to have a robot go and like climb the lines and reconfigure that stuff. Oh yeah, there's always going to be something. We're a little ways away from that. So, you know, we haven't figured out a way like electrical companies are coming up on a real shortage of linemen. Um, You know, there's a lot of, there's a a real uh, 
lack of you know um, carpenters. They're, same thing with plumbers. So we're coming up on these huge shortages, and it doesn't seem to me like specifically in Florida, they have a good solution to bridge that gap. For students now that are coming out of high school or, you know, to be able to go in and have a good basis and understanding to go in to do those jobs. They don't necessarily need to go and have a bachelor's degree, but if they have an educational system set up that is the same thing like you go into, you know, a, a college now and sign up for classes and get financial aid, it's not the same way that you would do as far as I understand for something like a trade school in our area. It's a lot different, and in some cases, there's not a lot of funds available for you. Yeah, the closest thing I remember from our high school is, was called P-TECH, mm-hmm. and that was Pinellas yeah. Technical Education uh, Center, I believe. Now they're technical, Pinellas, Pinellas, Pinellas Technical College is what mm-hmm. they are now. But that was that was the closest thing. But even then, they were they seemed to be underfunded. Mm-hmm. There was only, there was only I could only name kids. a dozen, yeah, a dozen kids that went through the whole program. Even though if it had been a little more funded, even I would have been attracted yeah. to something like that. In my high school, um, and this is out in rural Tennessee, we had a lot of electives. I took sociology, I took uh, economics, anthropology. Um, I took what they called adult living, which was like how to make menu or like meal planning and um, balance checkbooks and stuff. It was interesting. I wish actually there was uh, more You had of an that. adult class? Yeah, adult living. Um, and Adulting 101. It was funny. It was I, I welcome in that. high school. It was known as the girls class. Um, I was one of two guys in the classroom. So it was home ec in a yeah. sense. But it was focused on like the not not the um actual not like not cooking but menu planning like Hmm. looking at here's my budget here's the things i can buy here's the meals i can make with that you know it was much uh more removed from actually doing Hmm. stuff it was it was a good class you do realize that the smartest kids in our school were in home ec and the smartest kids i mean the stoner kids that were like i can get free brownies i was like (laughs) i was in home ec yeah exactly like um and we had, being a rural school, we had an agricultural department. We had a feed store. Um, the you, you could sign if this was like for people that were in FFA, which was eighty percent of my graduating class. Um, you could like work in the feed store for stuff. Uh, I worked in the school store as part of the marketing department um, and stuff, and got education on how to work retail. Um, and we had people that went the next town over the second half of the day during their junior and senior years for car mechanic stuff um but it was a limited program you had to like test into it and like show your aptitude which kind of makes sense but also makes it harder to do um and when you were talking about expanding um school to maybe include like k through 14 or whatever something i'm thinking about is maybe the last chunk of high school and the first chunk of college and something in between there need to be wholly rethought like if it's not gonna just be free or paid for how do we do that like maybe there needs to be different systems because i would i i i would want like to go do work programs between 
high school and college. I feel like that's what I, I should have done was like go do a work program somewhere and travel a little bit and come back and enter more academic learning again. Yeah. Um, so in certain parts of Canada, if I remember correctly, there is a 13th grade, so to speak. And it's kind of similar to that. Like you go to the school and your time there is essentially what we would think of as like, oh, that's kind of like a traditional senior year. But all of your classes are done. So it's essentially just like you can take these electives, you can go into these programs, you can do a work study thing if you want, or if you know you already have a job, you can just, you, you don't have to go. It's like an optional thing, but it, it's, it's an option for those that want to have that extra year of cushion between if I want to go to college, do I want to go into this career field? Do I want to go this direction? And it gives you a full year to think while, you know, you're still living under mom and dad's house and not having to worry about getting a job immediately because you're still learning, you're still getting credits. And I think some of those credits were transferable to like the state institutions too. Like if you took certain classes, like you could take like what we think of as like prereqs as like you know, like comp one and, you know, maybe ethics, you would just take those two classes and then you might have like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take anthropology because, you know, that sounds cool. I might want to do that. Sounds nice. Yeah. So it's like a 13th grade and that's something that some people have tried to propose, but the issue comes down to, we're already starting to reach a point where high schools are underfunded and overpopulated adding on that extra year, even if it's optional, there's going to be a lot of parents that just out of, you need to get as many skills as you possibly can for free, would be pushing their kids to go to these programs, even if the kids don't want to go. And there are some programs around the world that are, you know, you, you can optionally go to class. Like there is a lot of them in England where you just get sent to this school and, you know, you can sit in the park area and just you know you get okay i'm here at seven in the morning and then you just go and sit you can play video games you can read books you can walk the fuck home no one cares all you have to do is just pass your tests and a bunch of those students that i've gotten able to like listen to interviews with and like read articles from have said that it's it's awesome because you get to play hooky for like a week and i think that was the longest one the longest case that somebody did they 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 spent an entire week just not going to class and just chilling and reading books. And then all of them were just like, by the end of the week, I, just, I started going to math class because, well, I mean, I'm here anyway and I don't want to go home. I don't want to walk home. So I'll just go sit in on, on my geometry class. And they ended up learning better and testing higher than the kids that were being forced to go to school because they were there optionally. They could have grabbed their backpack, walked out of class, not looked back and no one would have tried to stop them they wouldn't have gotten detention their parents wouldn't have been mad at them they had they had no incentive to be in that classroom that involved negative reinforcement but they were there because I mean I might as well and I think that's an option that people might want to look into because I mean the joke that everybody has is you know you have senioritis you don't go to class half the fucking time you're a senior in high school anyway nowadays they're constantly skipping why not make you know senior year 12th grade an optional year where you know you cut down the amount of elective credits and then 12th grade if you want to take a bunch of elective courses you totally can you want to take some AP courses you totally can but if you want to go just not go and then decide to see if you can ferret out in regular college go for it dude go do what you want you want to go do a trade school for a year go do it who cares like I think it's really really interesting 
you say that because it once like your description of you know letting kids go to school optionally or whatever um you know or letting them go to class optionally sounds just like that's a dumb idea and by all the accounts that you're saying that it does work one of the big issues you have with proposing ideas in for most people especially when it comes to government or whatever is that if it sounds too crazy people are unwilling to try it because it, it just, in their mind it's just like there's no way even if you have information even if you have like you know statistics even if you have whatever just saying it out loud sounds like it wouldn't work it turns people off Oh, and to add on to that, a lot of those students were tr- were what we would consider troubled. Like, they were kids that had not full-on learning disabilities where they were unable to learn, but, you know, they had mm-hmm. attention disorders, they, you know, had adverse reactions to authority, and putting them in a situation where they didn't have to go to class actually made them learn far better than any quote-unquote traditional system. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to go to school, but, you know, if they didn't go to class and, you know, their mom asked them, like, hey, you, hey what classes did you sit in today? And you'd have that guilt of, like, eh, none. Or even then, if they didn't ask you, it was like, you're just sitting there bored. Might as well go do something. Might as well go sit in a class. Go sit in a class that you haven't, that you don't have. Like, what does it matter? Oh, hey, guidance counselor, I want to transfer into this class. It's already been going on for a month. I'll take all of the tests in a week. You can't do that in traditional school. Once you pick your electives and get into them, if you get into them, you're fucked. You're stuck. I know. I knew students that were, like, um, like basically punished for... Like not for uh, skipping classes or whatever, or not taking do the the busy work. And it's like if you can take the test, and you obviously know that they can do the test. Why are you penalizing them for not being there? If they understand the material, thus they can pass the test. That should that be should all be that enough. Matters. Yeah, Mr. <laughs> Bryant. I wonder what happens when kids skip <laughs> and don't show up to your class and take naps and then only get 98s after you said freshman year they couldn't possibly do it. I wonder what would happen, Mr. Bryant. <laughs> I share that angry. sentiment. I only got an A in your class. I only did better than all of your other capitalists that you love. <laughs> Fucking liberal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I had to exercise that we, demon we, a little bit. We hit, it, we hit a nerve. Oh, yeah. Mr. Bryant is a big nerve. <laughs> oh, oh it's a uh, But... Maybe you should have been there to help your other classmates to participate in the discussions because... Bullshit, they wouldn't talk to me anyway. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Well, all of those kids either, like, thought I was weird or had this, like, awkward fear that I was going to shoot up the school. I'm, like, 80% sure that they just thought, like, one day I was going to show up just based on how the AP kids, like, looked at me. Like, I just walked down the hallways and they'd just be like, they just move out of the way. I'm just like... All right, like, I was just going to say hi, but I guess I'm a demon. All right, the, the toxic culture at St. Pete High is, is beside uh, the point, but I yes. agree it was quite a uh, yeah. experience. Yes, it definitely was. This is enlightening. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, no, you go, to, you go to high school that's a historical high school that's been around for almost 100 years. You learn some shit about sociology. It's actually what sparked my thing. <laughs> my, like, interest in sociology was, like, wondering why I was somehow friends with a bunch of people and then also had this, like weird group of people who seemingly were okay with me but didn't enjoy the fact that they were interacting with me and I didn't I didn't know how else to explain it and then I just started like alright well how does groups work and what's dominance theory which is like <laughs> weirdly enough bullying isn't bullying it's just basic trying people trying to put 
social dominance and trying to create a hierarchy where there is none because it's our natural base as like clan creatures. It's a pecking order. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, high school doesn't really have bullying. They just have a problem of kids who have an inability of expressing their dominance and insecurity issues and then use that to create a false narrative of their social life where they're at the top. Isn't that what bullying is? <laughs> but calling it bullying is just like, oh, they're getting made fun of. But no, it's way deeper than that. It's way, way deeper than just being made fun of. They're forming a miniature class system. Yeah. True, true. Okay, I see your point. Yeah. Um, well, I think I think we've exhausted everything to talk about liberal arts until, I don't know, it's free or <laughs> yeah. it's not, and we enact the draft and everyone has to go to war. Um I don't know, Do man. Do y'all have any closing thoughts on liberal arts? I think that um, it's a little bit more important than people think it is. I think that, and this is probably coming from someone <laughs> that works <laughs> in higher ed, but I see it on a regular Robert basis. Gibbs. I think that in general, it changed the way that I looked at the world, and it changed. It gave me information that I wouldn't have normally have sought out, and now because of that, I seek out more mm-hmm. like information. So. Um, I don't necessarily think it's to be forced on people, but I think that it's more needed than than generally people give it the credit for being. I agree. I I, I think it's going to be needed more and more, um, or just general thinking more and more, um, the ability for abstract thought. So that's it. Um, the only thing I wanted to say is like, do whatever you want to do. If you're interested in learning about something or interested in doing something, do it just do it it doesn't matter how much it might cost or how much you think oh it might be worthless follow the passion it will lead somewhere even if it's not where you think it will and the wise words of media mind your damn business and let people do whatever they want because it's not your life all right we're across the aisle i'm adam Uh, i'm casey i'm zach and i'm ben (laughs) 